if you look at what Justin Fields has done and it's not just the stats, but the stats are impressive. It really does like, you know, using the eye test and watching what he's been able to do on the field, going through all of his progressions, you know, being as accurate as he is with the football, you know, using his eyes to manipulate safeties and like some of these beautiful throws that he's making. It's you definitely feel like he's starting to turn the corner that something has finally clicked. Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the program. Ryan O'Leary here, along with my friend Alyssa Barbieri. It's the Bears Wire podcast. We are powered by the USA Today Network. We appreciate you for hopping on board and hope you stick with us all season long. Subscribe. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And who wouldn't want to listen to Alyssa break down a Bears victory? Okay, it's great to have you with us. Stick with us all season. Alyssa, your Bears won a football game. I just kind of want to just, I just want to sit back, kind of put my mic on mute, give you the floor. It's been almost a full calendar year, 347 days it was between wins for the Bears. So take the floor. How are Bears fans feeling this week coming off a win finally? And they looked pretty good doing it on the road against the Commanders on a short week. It was a, a good look for the Bears. They deserved it. I mean, I feel like it's, I'm the embodiment of that Titanic. It's been 84 years gift. Like that is how I feel like. The Bears won a football game, and it was on my birthday. Like I was like, that is the best birthday present I could have gotten. Also, if you, if you know, to our listeners, if you're here, if you're hearing banging and stuff, they're working on my roof right now. So I apologize. I mean, I was just so excited the Bears won a game that I'm remodeling my house. So there we go. Um, <laughs> well, happy birthday, and I hope the <laughs> I hope you. the home improvements go well, and it won't it won't stop us from actually talking some positivity about the Bears this week. So go on, please. Yes, it will not. Um, but yeah, especially after how that game kind of started uh, a couple of hours before when we learned that Dick Butkus had passed away. At that point, I was like, you have to win this game. Like, there was no way in hell that you can go out there and crap the bed and do what you did against Denver and not win for arguably the greatest linebacker in NFL history. Like, you cannot do that. So the fact that they came out there, Matt Eberflus had his team ready. That was, I mean, I was shocked more than anybody. I mean, I just, I can't believe they won that game and they didn't just win it. They were just dominant in the first half. They led like what, 27 to three at halftime. But then in the back of my mind, Ryan, as I know you did, I was like, oh no, this is a repeat of last week. I'm not (laughs) getting my hopes up. I'm not going to do it. We know how this ends. They're going to find a way to to blow this lead. And then the third quarter happened and I'm like, "Uh oh, here it is. I'm like, oh, no. And then somehow they were able to pull it out. I mean, give it up to Matt Eberflus. I mean, he was as aggressive as we've seen him since he's been with the Bears coaching, and that's how it needs to be. I mean, they were showing him on the sidelines, Ryan, and he was, like, sweating, and it was, like, probably 60 degrees there, (laughs) (laughs) like, at night. I was like, okay, yeah, someone's feeling the pressure. I mean, nobody needed that win more than Matt Eberflus, except maybe Justin Fields, and then except Bears fans, you know, right? It had been so long, and to kind of see the res- the response afterwards, and especially like Justin Fields was smiling. I'm like, this is the most I've ever seen him smile. He's someone while. who he kind of keeps his cool. He's cool, calm, and collected, even when you know he's fighting success on the field. But it had gotten to the point where you know when you kind of knew that the game was was theirs, especially after that last touchdown to DJ Moore. I mean. He just looked like he was having fun. They all did. And that was what we'd been missing. It was enjoyable, as enjoyable of a game that I can remember. Uh, And then also on Monday night, 
watching the Packers and Jordan Love suck. I mean, it was double the present for me uh, on my birthday, Ryan, this week. It was just, it was great. Yeah, that's a great weekend for you. I'm, I'm happy and happy birthday. <laughs> happy belated birthday to you. I'm glad <laughs> the Bears so won a game on your birthday. How great is that? That's that's excellent. And let's just, yeah, let's let's start with Eberflus, right? He was, his his back was against the wall. We talked about that at length last week on the on the show and had the Bears blown that lead. And I was texting my brother and my dad at halftime telling them, hey, I do this Bears podcast with Alyssa Barbieri, and we, believe me, she would tell you, no Bears fans feel that this lead is safe. Right? There's no Bears fan out there that thought that lead was safe and that the Bears had it in the bag. And you had to keep watching because you knew that it was not over, and it did get a little squirmy there at the end, but good for the Bears. They figured it out. Uh, now, had they blown that lead, then this would be a different conversation. We'd be having a real hard time justifying keeping the coach, Alyssa, but to his credit, like you said, he had the team ready on a short week. His defense played its best game of the season, which was good to see against a guy who sucks as bad as Sam Howell. And holy crap, like people want to rip Justin Fields. Look at Sam Howell out there. That guy blows. Uh, but the Bears, they gave up 20 points season low. They only they only gave up 50 percent conversions on defense on third down. Alyssa, believe it or not, that's a season best. The Bears had allowed only. They, I love how you said only. <laughs> they allowed better than 50 percent third down conversions in every game this season. This one was 50 percent season best. I'll take it. Good job. You got off the field a little bit on third down. Now build on it. And come on, five sacks, 11 QB hits. Again, Sam Howell is horrible. He's awful. But take nothing away from the Bears. They race out to that big lead. They and they really they flipped the game on the Commanders. It, good for the Bears. Good for their coaches. The commanders are out there. They ran it 10 times, Alyssa, and they threw it 51 times with Sam Howell. That is the opposite game plan that they want to do. They want to be running it more than they throw it. They probably want Howell throwing around 20 passes. You know what I mean? They don't want him winging it 51 times. So good for the Bears. You got the game on your terms, and you finished it for for a change. So uh, they were huge underdogs. So yeah, I'm glad you started the show that way. We have to give Eberflus and the Bears their flowers for this one, especially the head coach, right? Now, I still don't know if I trust him long-term, watching him on the sidelines, sweating, like you said, Alyssa, but come on. I want to give him his flowers. Good job, Matt Eberflus. It was a good night for him. Eberflus deserved this. I mean, you feel for him because he seems like a really good guy. I just don't think he's a good head coach. And like you said, I think that I think that this win, because I, I still don't know if they were going to fire him at that point, but I think that that's the hottest that they went out and lost that game, especially after Dick Buckus died. Like, I feel like that's the hottest a seat's going to get and pretty dang close to to having the first uh, mid-season firing in Bears franchise history. Um, but you could definitely tell that it's it's a weight has been lifted from his shoulders. But I still don't think that that's going to save his job beyond this year. At this point, it's like, okay, so maybe unless he like pulls a Dan Campbell and completely rallies the team, which I'm not – I don't foresee that happening – where they come back and they're competing for a playoff spot. And then, you know, the next year you're rolling into that year with him and then they're contenders in the division and in the conference. I just don't see it, but I think that they'll keep him through the end of this season. I don't see how they can keep him beyond this year. I mean, you don't want, I mean, it sucks because we're thinking about the ramifications, assuming Justin Fields is the guy we'll see. He has, you know, 12 more games to, to prove it as well. Um, if they do bring, if polls opts to go with fields at this point, and then you get rid of Eberflus, you know, unless Luke Getzey, you will get some kind of promotion, which I don't foresee that happening. It's another new offense for Justin Fields. So um, outside of that, it's, 
I mean, Eberflus just, I mean, we were talking before the show, Ryan, about we're filming this on um, today's Wednesday and he just met with the media and he was asked about um, the Vikings game, which spoiler alert, if you don't already know, which I'm sure everyone does, Justin Jefferson will not be playing. He's on IR with a hamstring injury. And like Eberflus was asked about, you know, or he said like when you're not playing an elite guy like Jefferson, you can use more of basic schemes instead of kind of tilting the coverage to to cover an elite player. And I'm like, what? Oh, great. No, yeah, let's great. not do that. Yeah, let's play the base. Have defense. you not learned your lesson? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's painful to say. Um, it's uh, things like that, right? Where it's like, no, you, you don't know what's going on, where you question it. Like, there are way too many moments, you know, Ryan, where we're like questioning if he knows what he's doing. And if you question him enough, he's not the guy for the job. I thought they dialed it up a little bit more in this game, right? They tried to get pressure on the commanders and it worked. How about Justin Jefferson's out of the game so you have less chance to get burned? So why don't you go get the quarter, go get pressure on Kirk Cousins instead of playing base defense? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's not telling the other team the game plan. What are you doing? <laughs> so anyway, we could do that exactly. all day long. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Justin Fields as well as we ride the wave of positivity here to start the show. This is uh, refreshing. I'm going to enjoy this for a little while, Alyssa, before we get to uh, <clears throat> Chase Claypool here in a minute. Uh, Justin Fields. Now, I think it's fair to say the last seven of eight quarters, taking away the fourth quarter against Denver, the seven of the last eight quarters by Fields has been some of the best of his career. His stats are out of control, and it's not him running around. It's He's gone 43 for 64, 617 yards, eight touchdowns, one interception. The passer rating, 131.1 in the last two games. So what do you think, Alyssa? Is this a case of playing the Broncos and Commanders, right? Is this just, you know a couple of cupcakes pop it up on the schedule and fields got it going. Or do you see something more because he does look like he's making quicker decision. He's throwing the ball with better accuracy. And perhaps the best part to me is that he's giving guys the chance to make plays, right? He's, he's giving them a chance. Do you think it's uh this is like a one or two off Broncos commanders. It's just the competition. Or do you think fields has found something here? Yeah. I, I mean, that's what a lot of people, especially Packers fans will point to, right? They're going to be like, Oh, but look, he played, you know, two bad defenses. But, I mean, let's also give the Bears offensive line credit for how they held up against that Washington defensive front because, my goodness, some of the names there. And it did kind of feel like, especially in the first half, that maybe, you know, the commander's defensive line underestimated. Uh, it, was tr- it was playing down to the competition, it felt like. They are like, okay, we got this in the bag. We're going to get after him. But, yeah, no, I, I think that if you look at what Justin Fields has done, and it's not just the stats, but the stats are impressive – it really does like, you know, using the eye test and watching what he's been able to do on the field, going through all of his progressions, you know, being as accurate as he is with the football, you know, using his eyes to manipulate safeties and like some of these beautiful throws that he's making. It's you definitely feel like he's starting to turn the corner that something has finally clicked. And, you know, nowadays in the NFL, we want quarterbacks to succeed immediately, right? And quarterback development is not linear. It's something we've discussed at a length since Fields has gotten here. And sometimes it takes guys a little bit longer to get there. And I feel like Fields, obviously, he hasn't been helped with some of these situations that he's been in. He hasn't had a good offensive line. I think the offensive line's performance against Washington was the best that it's been since he's been here. Uh, He hasn't always had the best weapons. Now, look what happens when you get him a number one receiver. We've talked about that. Look at how it's helped Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, like, I mean, it's impressive what what Justin Fields has done these last two weeks. And it just feels like, you know, after hearing the comments, what he said about there being a lot of, you know, like too much coaching, like there's too many voices in his head. 
um, too many voices in his head. And it just feels like now they have, they've stopped doing that. And they're letting him just go out there and play the game his way, letting him go out there, play fast and react and not overthink things. And now we're starting to see that manifest itself on the field. And guess what, Ryan, it's impressive. Like I think he's tied for the second most touchdowns passing touchdowns because we know what he can do on the ground with his elite athleticism, with his legs. Now we're starting to see what he can do and how he can be elite in the passing game and having a, like a true dual threat quarterback, it Justin Fields manifest or, you know, using having both of those things. I mean, that just makes this bears offense just, I mean, all the more it, it's a, it's a threat and it's something that teams need to contend with now. And I think it's easy to say, look at the competition, you know, the teams that Fields has played, but also like he's starting to stack those positive games. And now it's about him you know, showing that consistently week in and week out for most of these last 12 games, we need to see the Justin Fields that we've seen from these last two games. And he needs to make this, this decision hard for Ryan Poles because now he has to decide, is he, is he going to keep on with, with, uh, with fields or is he going to go out and draft his quarterback? And if fields keeps this up, I mean, I think the decision's already made. I just loved fields game against the commanders. Alyssa, I loved even when Khalil Herbert and Roshan were, were, were out, so they were depleted at running back. It wasn't like Fields was he was supplementing the run game, but it wasn't all running around making you know out of the out of phase, like trying to make th- something happen that wasn't there. Right? It was just really calculated. He was going through his reads. He was running when he had to. He supplemented the run game. I thought it was perfect. He just had a great game. And DJ Moore is that guy, isn't he? Oh, man, yeah. DJ freaking Moore. My yeah. God. Nice job starting him in your fantasy team if you have DJ oh, Moore on Thursday. Yes, I did have him in my team. And my goodness, I still lost somehow because guess <laughs> uh, the, the person I went up against, they had Jamar Chase. Okay. <laughs> so you want to know why I lost? That canceled out. <laughs> I lost my game, too. You want to know why? Because I picked the Washington defense up. <laughs> that's how. T- no. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was at on the Bears. I was like, ah, I don't like them in this matchup. But oh, I'm so glad to be wrong. I got negative points from Washington. Good job, Justin Fields. You proved me wrong. Thanks for the assist, there, Ryan. Yeah, Appreciate it. yeah, for sure. Uh, but the the perfect passer rating when targeting more, like DJ Moore. Oh I mean, that is like that is awesome. DJ Moore's caught 16 balls, four touchdowns in the last two games. 16 of his 27 receptions of the season have come on the last two games. My question is, where did it, you know, where was this, right? Peppering your best player with targets is a good idea. It's what quarterbacks across the league do. Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs, Tua Tagovailoa, sorry, I butchered that name, Tua to Tyreek Hill. Like, go down the list. Like, this is what the best quarterbacks do. They pepper their best guys. Uh, it's been really fun to see Justin peppering the ball to DJ Moore and what's coming of that. A perfect passer rating. When targeting TJ Moore, let's keep doing that. That seems to be a good thing. Let's keep going to that. You know what I mean? It's pretty good. Pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, like we've been giving props to Matt Eberflus. I think we need to do the same for Luke Getze. I don't know why it takes him so long into the season to, because it's a repeat from last year uh, where it takes him that long to finally real, like listen to, you know, his players and, and to really understand what's happening. And I don't how I don't know how long DJ, you know, why DJ Moore took him that long. I mean, he does have three 100 yard uh games so far this season, but it's like Getsy was like, Oh, yeah, DJ Moore's on the team. Let's just keep throwing, just keep throwing to him, Justin. Just keep going at him. And I mean, it's impressive, like, because you know, a lot of people have been like, Oh, DJ Moore isn't a true number one receiver. And I mean, he's proving them wrong. I just I remember that shot of him on the sideline when he was counting all of his touchdowns. Uh, with his one, yeah. two, three. I mean, that was, 
that's it's amazing when you look at what Moore has done. Like you said, he has 531 yards, five touchdowns. He is the fifth most receiving yards in the NFL right now. He is tied for the most receiving touchdowns among receivers. He was just named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. I mean, he ranks third to MM receivers in yards after the catch. I mean, it's just the his playmaking ability. This is what the what this Bears offense needed. And it really goes to show you Ryan Poles going out and making that move, trading the number one pick, getting additional draft capital, but also getting a true playmaker and someone that Justin Fields needed and is helping Fields take that next step because he's someone where you're starting to see Fields just throw the ball in his area because he trusts DJ Moore is going to go up and get it because a lot of those catches he was making were those contested catches too. And Moore was just very, very impressive. I'm so happy for him and Ryan, we're only five games in and I mean, he's already, I, I feel like he's, I don't know how many yards he's projected to have, maybe 1,800 yards, who knows. But I'm just excited to finally see DJ Moore involved. This is what, you know, we we go back to the preseason and we, we're very optimistic, right? That's our time to shine and be happy in the preseason because normally things come crashing down, right? Reality comes back to us. But this is what we were talking about, how excited we were to see the impact that Moore was going to have on this offense. And it's just tremendous, like fields, and more are just incredible. Like a perfect passer rating. I still can't get over that. No, it's, Fields it's, has a perfect passer rating when targeting him. So just keep throwing at him. Just throw at him over and over and over and over again. Throw him the damn ball. Keep going. Keep going to DJ Moore. <laughs> he is him. definitely a number one legit wide receiver. As we said, when they made the trade, he's excellent. Uh, so yeah, let's, I don't know why it took so long, but keep throwing the ball to DJ Moore. Uh, and again, yes, I agree a hundred percent. He is giving his guys chances to make plays Guys are making plays for him. That that throw that sealed the game to Moore when you saw the defender kind of break it on the ball. Alyssa, did did you did you hold yeah. your breath? Because <laughs> I sure did. Because that had pick six written all over it. But come on, they made the play. Got to give him credit for it. I love it. Good for them. Yeah, um, I mean that that was good. When you look at the throw to and the accuracy, I mean, like if he would have put it anywhere else, that's a pick six. Uh-huh. And I mean, it was again. It's one of those throws where you know Fields is like, okay, it, this is going to be for DJ Moore or no one I'm trusting him to be there and make the play. And I mean, man, that Washington defense <laughs> after what, what more did to them, my goodness, they must've been feeling it the next day. Negative fantasy points for Washington's defense. Again, Negative. Negatives, negatives, not a good, not a you good did start that, by DJ me. And Justin, yeah. you did that. Not a good start by me. I'm sorry, bears. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that's why I picked up the Las Vegas Raiders to start against my Patriots this week. That's where I'm going with my defense going forward. Uh, the streaming defense uh, strategy, more fantasy advice here coming up in a little bit, but first, one more like positive topic before we get to <clears throat> Chase Claypool uh, is the take-a-thought update. Now, the only winless team remaining in football now, Alyssa, is the Carolina Panthers. Of course, the Bears would have the number one overall pick again if the season ended today. You did mention Caleb Williams a little while ago, uh, and you also talked about how the Bears got DJ Moore. He was in the trade with Carolina, which when the Bears moved out of the number one overall spot. Isn't the best-case scenario here that the Bears don't draft Caleb Williams, that they continue to see enough in Justin Fields to build around him, and then Ryan Poles maybe has that number one overall pick from the Panthers, and he could hold the maybe the most insane auction in NFL history with all the hype around Caleb Williams. Like The Bears don't have to pick that kid if they want to go forward with Justin Fields, and he keeps progressing. Now, I think Fields has a long way to go. We want to see it. We want to see it keep progressing. I want to see the full body of work. It hasn't been perfect this year, obviously, but the last seven-ish quarters, seven out of the last eight quarters have been really, really good. Want to see him continue to stack that. But isn't the best case scenario 
that the Bears don't draft Caleb Williams and that they hold the biggest auction ever in NFL history and get the biggest draft haul ever um, and set the team up and build around Justin Fields and go and be actually become the team we've all been hoping they could become. Like I was thinking about that the other day when I saw that the Bears still own the top two picks in the draft and I was just like, oh boy, could you imagine holding you know, the auction for Caleb Williams and then still ending up with Marvin Harrison Jr.? Like, oh boy, that would be pretty sweet. So I think that's the best case scenario. Will it happen with Fields? I don't know. Will Ryan Poles feel like he's he's got his guy already, or maybe he wants to go pick his own guy, like you said earlier? I don't know. We're, we're gonna see the full body of work, but I think the best case scenario is that the Bears do hold on the fields and hold the auction if they have that number one overall pick. What do you think about that? I, I keep doing. I'm already. I'm continuing doing like the draft updates every week because hey, you know the you know the Panthers being winless and I think being the worst team in the NFL. I mean that's definitely helping uh, the Bears with that number one pick. But you know you look back at you know, what the Bears were able to get for the number one pick last year when, you know, Caleb Williams wasn't in that draft class. And you, like you said, I'm trying to imagine just how, I mean, that's like, a, you can get three firsts right there for that pit, for that number one pick, kind of similar to what we saw like the Niners do uh, to move up to get <laughs> Trey Lance. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank God they're the San Francisco 49ers. Cause man, <laughs> that, that would have been bad. Um, and they still figure it out somehow. The 49ers. Yeah, they still do. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, and like you said, and still being able to go out and get Marvin Harrison Jr. Can you imagine a receiving tandem of DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr.? That's sweet. My goodness. And then, obviously, you know, get an offensive tackle or, you know, get the best, best defensive lineman, get an edge rusher. Like, I mean, there are a lot of options. And like you said, it's, it's all dependent on Justin Fields because I still think, though, even if let's say that fields doesn't continue this and, and Ryan Poles is like, no, I want to go ahead and get my guy and they get the number one pick. And maybe it is Caleb Williams. Uh, but I think like you said, best case scenario is the bears already have their franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. And I think that he's starting to really show that he can be that guy. Again, we need to see it consistently and we have 12 more games for him to do just that. Um, but I mean, oh my goodness, what you could get for that number one pick, it would just be nothing short of incredible. Because again, if Justin Fields, though, is is taking that that step forward and making that progress, that Bears pick is getting higher and higher, or getting lower and lower. Uh, but you're, the hope here now is the Panthers just continue to lose out and that we need some of these one-win teams to start winning some football games. So I was like rooting for all of the teams that, you know, had were one and three last week because I'm like, get them away from the top pick because, you know, the Bears need it. The Panthers are losing. Um, but it, it could just really be it'll be a fun offseason, Ryan. Just I mean, two first rounders already was going to be fun. But if one of those is the number one pick, which hopefully is Carolina's. I mean, it, it's Ryan Poles could, oh my goodness, what he could get for that. It, 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 it's exciting, but I don't know. We'll see how, how Justin Fields does these last 12 games. The hope is he does prove to be the guy. And then someone else is uh, willing to sell a King's ransom to go up and move, move up and get Caleb Williams. Hey, maybe you can trade back twice. Cause you know, Drake may will be there too. This is a very deep quarterback class. So I don't know. We'll see. It's better for the Bears if they can get the haul, right? You might be picking twice in the first round for the next four years. You know, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, that would be sweet. And you're comfortable with Justin Fields, but we're far from there. I know Caleb Williams is a great prospect. Everyone's calling him a can't miss. I get it. Zach Wilson was a number two overall pick. You mentioned Trey Lance, number three overall. Like, you can miss. You can swing and a miss. Bryce Young, jury's still out on him. CJ Stroud looks like he might have been, he should have been the pick by the Panthers, right? So, 
you just never know. The, the the guy that goes number one isn't always the best quarterback in the draft class, and that's just how it how it is. So uh, that'll be fun to talk about this offseason, Alyssa, after we see the full body of work. I mentioned uh, Chase Claypool. I've teased this. Let's just end this segment. We'll keep, have this be the positive segment. Then we'll switch over. We'll talk about Chase Claypool here on the other side. But first, we'll get some week six fantasy advice from the huddle.com. Corey Bonini with the huddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number six. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Baker Mayfield versus the Detroit Lions. Detroit has allowed at least 22 fantasy points in four of the five games this year and now has significant injury losses mounting in the secondary. Mayfield has provided starting returns in half of his contests and he's coming off of a bye week. This could be a fairly high scoring event, so Mayfield is in play for those who look to stream the position. Running back Isaiah Pacheco, Kansas City Chiefs versus Denver Broncos. With a TD in three straight contests, Pacheco now has a crack at a Denver unit that has permitted running backs to score at the second highest rate. No team has surrendered more rushing yards per contest, and this is the best overall matchup for both primary fantasy scoring systems. Don't be surprised if Pacheco produces a personal best fantasy showing in Week 6. Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd versus Seattle Seahawks. Boyd's ceiling really hinges on whether T. Higgins returns, but he could still be useful if not. The matchup is the best in fantasy, and there's even a chance the Seahawks can post enough offense to force Cincinnati into a shootout situation. Boyd makes for a quality injury or bye week replacement versus a defense that has been the easiest to exploit for catches, the second weakest at limiting yardage, and has given up five scores in four outings. Tight end Logan Thomas, Washington Commanders at Atlanta Falcons. Chicago gave up a line of 977-1 on 11 targets to Thomas in Week 5, and he should keep it rolling versus an Atlanta defense that has yielded 7 receptions, which is the second most, nearly 63 yards, 6th highest, and a touchdown every 11.7 grabs, the 10th highest rate. He's also an interesting waiver addition for those looking to play the matchups, but he's just an all-around solid play. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. Chase Claypool, of course, Alyssa traded to the Dolphins. So the Bears are a basically swapped sixth and seventh round picks to get Claypool out of here. Um, so ugly ending for for that. Just an, this is a this is a failure by the Bears. This is a fa- failure by Ryan Poles. The Bears traded their second round pick last year, which ended up being number thirty two overall, to get Claypool. And at no point was he a fit here. You know what I mean? He just didn't seem happy here. At first, he kind of said the right things, but. His track record kind of preceded him in Pittsburgh, and he ended up being that guy. He he didn't want to be a Chicago Bear. Clearly, they basically told him to stay home. Uh, at the end here, he wasn't with the team the last the last couple of games, and now he is uh, gone to Miami. The Bears basically taking that number thirty two overall pick last year and flushing it down the toilet. So, I think you know maybe it's addition by subtraction getting him out of here. Uh, clearly, but uh, that's an organization wide failure. Um, on the part of the Bears, that's a, that was a very valuable draft pick they gave up for Claypool. It did not work. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, when you kind of you look at some GMs and they have like that one defining bad move, and I think that this was Ryan Poles easily. I mean, when you especially when you just look at the draft capital, what ended up being the thirty second overall pick last year, and just how he seemed to just, I just wasn't like a good presence in the locker room, like. I, I don't feel like it's a coincidence that the Bears, you know, offense has looked the best it has in the last two games when he hasn't been on the field. Um, but first off, Ryan Poles getting managing to get something for Claypool, even if it was just swapping late round picks in 2025. I mean, that's a win in itself because everyone knew that they were going to just release him. So, I mean, at least Poles got something. But 
I mean, it was just, man, the Bears hadn't won a game since they traded for Claypool. And it felt fitting that right after, you know, they traded him and they went out, played that game, got their first win. I'm like, bon voyage. That's a great stat. It's it's incredible, too. And you look at just what he did in 10 games when he was there. He had 18 catches for 191 yards and one touchdown. And just not the kind of impact that, that you wanted. It was just bad. I'm, I mean, I wish him luck in Miami, but I'm not sad to see him go. It just didn't seem like they weren't being entirely forthcoming, but you kind of like Eberflus is kind of hinting that it wasn't just his comments about the coaching. It was, you know, him in the locker room and meetings, not paying attention and even back in training camp, there was that instance when he got into Tyreek Stevenson during uh, a scrimmage or something where, I mean, he just kept jawing and going after him. And it was like, he looked like the rookie and, and Stevenson looked more like the veteran there. And it was just, I don't know. There are a lot of little things coming out about it. He just didn't seem like a good guy to have in a locker room, especially a young impressionable locker room that the bears have. So, I mean, best of luck. I mean, Miami doesn't really need receivers. So, I mean, good luck trying to, I don't know, at least he'll win some games, even if it's not because of him, because he's just going to kind of be there. Um, but yeah, it was just an ugly situation all around, especially for Ryan Poles. But, you know, it's over. It's done. Poles traded him. He admitted his mistake, which is something that, you know, a positive that we've seen from Ryan Poles since he's been here is he's not afraid to come out and admit when he's made some mistakes. And obviously, Claypool is the biggest. And now they're both sides are moving on. Fresh start for Claypool. And now the Bears can just focus on you know, the last 12 games here and, and see if they have a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields, see if they can win some games, something positive, right? A win is a great way to start. And I mean, bon voyage. (laughs) That was a great stat that the bears didn't win a game since they traded for him. Like that. It's like, what a, what a stat that is. I love that. Um, Yeah. And I, I'm sure it's going to go great in Miami. Mike McDaniel, we all know that, he is a mastermind with offense. So he, say, he sees Claypool and says, we, we are good at receiver, as you said, Alyssa. So we're going to use him at tight end. <laughs> They're going to use Chase Claypool at tight end. Wow. Good luck, Mike McDaniel. I'm sure that'll go great for you. Yeah. Let's get Claypool out there and put him in some situations where he's got a block. That's <laughs> like, wow. Uh, we um, saw how well that went. <laughs> yeah. Good luck to you, Chase Claypool and the Dolphins. But yeah, I think addition by subtraction, but still, I mean, got to call a spade a spade. Like that was a horrible move by the Bears. They basically flushed a, a yeah flushed a what amounts to a first round pick 30 top 32 pick down the drain uh, that one did not work out but we got to move on and we got to move on to talk about the minnesota vikings Alyssa, can the bears start a winning streak now right they get this game at home the vikings as you said they'll be without star wide receiver justin jefferson he's headed to the ir with a hamstring injury the hamstring injuries continue to be an epidemic in the nfl um it's just horrible offensive line play and hamstrings that is the biggest problem in the NFL right now, hurting the product. Uh, but the Vikings are just two and a half point favorites in Chicago without Justin Jefferson. How you feeling about this? Can your Bears go and win another one? It's funny because when we talked about this game or anytime I thought about, I guess, fa- the Bears facing the Vikings heading into the season, looking at the success they had, I was like, well, I think they're definitely due for, for a decline. I just didn't think it was going to be this massive um, but you know, they were a team that won a lot of those one score games last year, and now they're losing these one score games. So I feel like, especially with this game being in Chicago, uh, the bear is coming off of a big win 
feeling confident. Your quarterback is the best he's ever looked uh, since he's been here. Your star wide receiver is coming off a career game. Your defense is coming off its best game. You're going to be getting back some he- some guys healthy. Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson, Kyler Gordon is designated to return from IR. You got Tevin Jenkins back last week. The offensive line had its best game of the season. And you go against this Vikings team that is without its star player, Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins, who has been he can, he's been sacked quite a few times this season, and we know just how important it is to get pressure on him to impact that offense. And I mean, there's still some, na- there's still some guys there, right? And this is also a Vikings defense that I think that, that uh, Luke Getze and Justin Fields can attack. So I'm feeling optimistic about this game. I think it's definitely winnable. I think if you look at the next five games entirely for the bears, there are, there are plenty of winnable games there. And like you said, winning streak. I mean, goodness, I'm still stuck on the 14 game losing streak. Suddenly we went from losing streak to winning streak and it's like whiplash over here. <laughs> but um, I, I think that this is definitely a game that they could win. I would see it being another one of those one score games. I don't see it being like a blowout by any means or a team winning by two scores. But the Bears are going to have to come out like they did uh, last week against the Commanders, and we need Matt Eberflus to be that aggressive guy again. Like keep the keep the foot on the pedal here. Like again, he's still coaching for his job at this point. So the team is feeling confident. Your quarterback is feeling confident. You know, you're getting some some guys back. I think that they can go out and win this game. <laughs> right? I can't believe that's the first time I think I've said that since the Packers loss in Week One where I'm confident about it, which is crazy. But I mean, again, the Washington win, it was one game. I need to see them go out there and and stack some wins. Um, but I think they have a good chance to do that here. I'm I'm kind of with you here. Now look what look what one Bears win though did to you, Alyssa. By my I, God. Yeah. Your your whole tone has changed. You were so upset the last couple of weeks. <laughs> So here's some betting trends. Uh, obviously, the Bears, they've struggled against the spread. They're two and a half point dogs at home. So typically, this would be a spot where you'd want to back the Bears. Uh, I like getting points at home, especially in a division matchup that against a Vikings team that doesn't really blow anybody out. The game could be close. And, uh, you know, I don't really like the Bears in close games that, that much. You know what I mean? I don't like them in the fourth quarter of games. So that would definitely scare me. But I will say this the over under 44 and a half. The Bears games this year, Alyssa, all five. They're five for five in the over. All five games have hit the over in Bears games. Now that has so been. You're saying we have to take the over. Again. I, I think my bet would be go with the over because I still think that the Vikings will be able to move the football even without Justin Jefferson. And of course, Eberflus told us he's just going to play base defense anyway. Now, <laughs> so I mean, I think the Vikings will still be able to move the ball and score points. I think the Bears are hot on offense though, and the Vikings defense is not very scary to me. So. I, I think the over 44 and a half would be my pick. Do I want to back the Bears as home dogs? Oh, that's a tough pick. <laughs> that's a tough pick. I don't think I can yet. I think I'd rather go over 44 and a half for my, my pick, Alyssa. I think I'd still go Vikings winning with this thing by a field goal just because I think it's going to be a close game, but the Bears still haven't proven to me that they can win close games. You know what I mean? I, I need to see them, like you said, stack it, and I need to see them come through in these late game situations a little bit more. Now, they were able to hold on to a lead finally. If they get up 27 to 3, that's a whole other story. But what about a close game? They're down four, you know, down one score, fourth quarter. You got the ball. You need to go drive to get a game tying field goal or a game winning touchdown. Can the Bears do that? They haven't proven they can yet, have they? You know what I mean? So I think I would still shy away from 
backing the Bears even with the points, but I would bet the over. I would bet the over 44 and a half because I think the Bears got a little bit of juice on offense and the Bears still suck on defense. So give me the over 44 and a half. Yeah, no, I agree with you with the over. Uh, I think we're about to go 6-0 and there, or the Bears are. Um, and, and like you said, I these are both two teams that have struggled in one score games this year. Uh, so I, it's 50-50, really, and it just kind of depends. I mean, honestly, I don't know for, for my own sanity if I want this to happen, but I think that there need the Bears need to be in a situation where it is, like you said, they're down four, and they, you know, they need to go score or – or down three or whatever, where they need to go score a touchdown or a field goal or whatnot. Cause you know, we're talking about the development of Justin Fields and I want to see him, you know, get over that hump. Right. Because obviously they, they were still holding a decent lead where they were preserving a lead. I want to see him come back from a deficit and lead this team. And that's, we're talking about seeing those continuous steps from him and his progress. And this is a big one that he needs. So I mean, again, for my own sanity, really don't want to see that. I would prefer if the bears are, going to win that they you know have a lead in there just you know the <laughs> pray that the defense is able to hold on somehow yeah. but i think from a, an evaluation standpoint with justin fields i want to see him in that moment again because like when you look back at the tampa game that was just a mess and he wasn't playing at his best in the denver game it was just everything was unraveling there in the fourth quarter i mean let's give let's see if fields has it this time let's see if he can do it so I don't know. This is, like you said, this is me just talking around the fact that I have no idea who's going to win this game. I don't want to pick the Bears as the home dog. I mean, but I do want to see Justin Fields in that situation because I want him to prove that he can do that. And that's something that he he needs to if, if he's going to be the franchise guy for the Bears. So uh, this is a, a game that I think is completely up in the air. But like you said, I think the one thing we can agree upon is take the over. <laughs> yeah, take the over. That's the bet I like the most. I think. So tight game, fourth quarter, coming down to the wire. Who do I trust more? Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, even without Justin Jefferson or Justin Fields and the Bears. I still kind of feel like I trust Kirk Cousins more, which is it sounds horrible to say. Uh, it does. But I just Justin Fields has not even he has not had that fourth quarter comeback yet. So until now, he salted away a win against the commanders. Good. That was a good step forward. And he's on fire right now. So I think the offense is going to give you a little something. Uh, but can you finish it? Can you finish it in the fourth quarter? I think before I, until I start seeing that, Alyssa, it's, it's hard for me to back them. Uh, so I expect this to be a close game. I do think the Vikings might win this one uh, tight, tight game. But if the Bears go out there and win this game, division game at home, and really, I mean, the Vikings would be officially in a tailspin if that was the case, right? I mean, what would they be? One and five if that happens? Are, they, are they, both of these teams one and four? Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, I mean, the Vikings are one of those teams where they're close with everybody. They were close with Kansas City last week. It was 27-20. It was a close game, close game. Kansas City held them off, right? Like They still have players. I like the Jordan Addison kid. Uh, he's he's a good little player. So TJ Hawkinson could be a problem at tight end, right? They still have weapons. I think the Vikings probably still have a little bit more than you if you're the Bears, but uh, bet the over. And Let's see if the Bears can string together some some more good offense and have a chance at the end, and maybe they come through, Alyssa, and that would be a really positive sign, sign and the next step in Justin Fields' kind of response to what was kind of rock bottom a, a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, that's what I'm kind of looking for. 
Yeah, and I think even if they don't win, if they end up losing this game, if we're talking best case scenario here, it's that Justin Fields goes out and continues what he was doing. But maybe the defense, maybe they get the lead, but the defense isn't able to hold on, and it's more on the defense. But you see Fields continue to take that step forward and make that progress. And then, by the way, guess what? Then Minnesota's not threatening that number one pick to get Caleb Williams that you want to trade, hopefully, or maybe use yourself. Seriously. And then maybe the Bears are still positioned one two uh, in in the draft order but Justin Fields still takes that step forward. I think that would be best case scenario. But hey, man, it's been a while since the Bears have won back-to-back games. Um, I don't remember exactly, but it's been a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that could be another good stat to go find. I'm sure that one will be up on Bears Wire somewhere this week. But yeah, I think if, if the Minnesota Vikings lose this game to the Bears, I think Kirk Cousins, we talk about Ryan Poles holding the auction for the number one overall pick and Caleb Williams. I think the Vikings would hold an auction for Kirk Cousins. Who wants him? Best bid gets Kirk Cousins. I think they'd shut down Justin Fields for the season. I think they would go into full Caleb Williams tank mode. <laughs> That's what I think they would do. The tailspin would be real at that point, one and five. And you could already hear some of the stuff swirling. And I live out here in Minneapolis now. So it is, uh, it is an interesting time to be uh, a fan of the Vikings. I'm not. Uh, the Twins are at least taking some of the some of the the stink off of the Vikings because the Twins are in the playoffs right now. But uh, yeah, the the Vikings they, they got to win this uh, are game. Are the radio station still talking about dogs? I haven't listened in a while. I haven't listened in a while. But yeah, uh, <laughs> dog movies. You said that. Yeah, after the week one loss by the Vikings, uh, dog movies of the nineties was was the big topic when I turned on the sports radio when I was dropping my kid off at daycare the next morning. So yeah, that's Minnesota sport radio for you. I'll have to check it out, Alyssa. I'll have to listen to some of the stuff they're saying pregame and postgame. Maybe we can do some of that on the show next week. You know, that could, that could be kind of fun. We'll see. I mean, I would love to celebrate back-to-back wins. I know like we talked about, oh, you know, there's always so much more to talk about in a loss, but I don't care. I'm getting a little greedy here. I want to win two games in a row. It's been a while. I like being positive. I like feeling like, you know, because after the game, I was like, I hate covering primetime games because I am up until 2 in the morning or 2.30 like I was um because working on post game stuff getting stuff ready for the morning it's so much more enjoyable to to cover a game when they're winning when it's a win and be up until two in the morning so i mean i'm very appreciative of that so i know this isn't a primetime game but i just want them to win it, it, it's fun right i want to see at least i at least want to see justin fields continue to, to take that step forward because like you said ryan best case scenario is he is the franchise guy you still somehow wind up with that number one pick and then you get a boatload of draft capital uh, or who knows another player hmm, uh, for that number one pick. So we'll see. It's, it's exciting though. I mean, this is the most optimistic I felt since before the Packers game in week one, um, which again, Ryan, how, how the hell did the bears defense make Jordan love look good? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. His, his accuracy down the field has been a little suspect lately. I will say that short of Yeah, it's bad. It's bad, but you know, just circling back. I mean, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for all Bears fans. You guys deserve to celebrate a win. Uh, I can hear the pep in your voice. It's good to hear you uh, excited and happy about a Bears game, Alyssa, that you had to cover. So, uh, yeah, all that, and uh, yeah, let's let's start stacking them. I- I'm here for it. Uh, anything else that fans should be looking for on Bears Wire before I let you go here? Yeah, we'll be getting you ready for all the action on Sunday against the Vikings over at Bears Wire. And currently up on the site, we have the Hot Seat Watch, which is updated just in time after that week five win where I'm giving you my updated uh, hot seat rankings for Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, Ryan Poles. And safe to say that everyone's went down a little bit after this win. And we'll see 
if the Bears can somehow manage to pull off a second straight win and we'll start trending in, in, in the opposite direction, although I do not think Matt Eberflus makes it uh, makes it to next season. I think he'll make it through this season, but we shall see. All right. So for Alyssa Barbieri, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us this week. As always, we'll be back next week to break down Bears, Vikings. We'll catch you then. And as always, bear down. Thank you.